This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you cannot have any except, well, I don't know, if you've got a hot dog cart near you, you can. Or even just a hot dog in your fridge. One, That's true. one lonely hot dog in, <laughs> in the bottom of your crisper drawer for, mm. for some reason. Oh, by the way, we're talking about hot dogs, too. Yeah, this is hot dogs, too. Hot dogs number one was in, I think, 2011. And, you know, Matthew sent me a link to it yesterday <laughs> morning. And I was like, well, you know, Matthew, I- I'll listen to it so that I can debrief us on what we said so we won't repeat anything. I'm here to say it was, I only made it three minutes through. It was like, <laughs> Matthew, you and I had our personalities like turned down to like negative three. Right. I, it was I'm not, not going to listen to it, but I hear that you you like chided me for going on a tangent that by the standards <laughs> of the show today would not even be considered a tangent. Yeah. It right? was like, it was like you were walking a line, you stepped like three <laughs> centimeters off the line. And I was like, Matthew, let's get back on topic. Uh, it was so, it was so school. Marmy. It was so boring of me. Oh, but a lot of people like the Marmy aesthetic uh, these days. Like, <laughs> like, like, mar- Marmcore is huge. Marmcore. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're into little women, everybody loves Marmy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this episode is probably going to be totally different from that episode. Who can say? Because neither one of us could listen to the whole thing, and you shouldn't either. Right. Um, So, But I do have a question, which is, so that episode was a little over 12 years ago, uh, February 2011, I think. Uh How many hot dogs do you think you've eaten since Hot Dogs 1? Oh, I've eaten a lot of hot dogs. A yeah, lot I have of hot too, dogs. But like, I feel like if I tried to make an estimate, it'd be, it would be wildly off. Like the, the number that popped into my head was like 300, but it's that's probably wrong. I think that's, I mean, that sounds like a lot of hot dogs, even over the course of, of 12 years. <laughs> I mean, well, actually that's, I mean, that's like 30 hot dogs a year or no, that's the, the 25 hot dogs a year. Yeah. Th- I think that seems plausible. Maybe. 25 like two, hot dogs like a, a year. Because I usually have two, two in a serving. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, this is something I think about with hot dogs is a lot of them are too small these days. Yeah. And so I, I feel yeah. like I, I, I feel like one is not enough. So either you need a lot of sides 
or you're going to have to eat two hot dogs, which I don't know. Two hot dogs feels like a little more than I want. But Sometimes one is I'll, not eat, enough. I'll, eat, I'll eat one and a half hot dogs. Like I'll cut cut it like crosswise. I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also it seems kind of weird, doesn't it? That, that hot dogs are kind of like like the standard grocery store hot dog is kind of small because I feel like American food in general tends to be on the big side. Right? I know. Is it just that we've got I mean, we've been getting bigger as a country. Is it that we've gotten bigger and hot dogs have stayed the same? That's possible. Anyway, all this to say, uh, we did a hot dog tasting in 2011. We tasted three different types. We're not going to do that again because you don't need us <laughs> to taste hot dogs. Everybody you already know what has, I think, their favorite like. brand. Right. Everybody always has their favorite brand. And you just keep going with your favorite brand. Okay, so let's let's go down memory lane. Yeah. If this is a repeat of memory lane from last time, who cares? You didn't listen to it anyway. Uh, You know what? We should also say, actually, what prompted this episode, what prompted us to do it again, is that the wonderful comedian, writer, actor, podcast host, Jamie Loftus, she has a new book, just came out two days ago, called Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. She goes so many places on this like exploration of hot dogs. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is a great book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Go so go buy Jamie's book, but also you uh, you can you can listen to her uh, talk to us in a few minutes. That's right. So anyway, hot dogs too. Thanks to Jamie Loftus, Matthew. Hot dogs for me on Memory Lane were something that my dad and I always ate when my mom was like out at a meeting or something. Did your mom have evening meetings for like various committees and things? I don't honestly remember that. Probably sometimes, but uh, it was not like a fixture that I remember. Okay. Okay. My mom, yeah, my dad and I had a lot of meals on our own. And the weird thing is, is that he was... I wouldn't say like a lot of meals on our own, but mom was, she was, she had a social calendar. She she had meetings like, you know, like six or seven nights a week. (laughs) Like, and then later it turned out that she she had like a whole other family. Family. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Tony Negroni, if you're listening to this, you, I I admire your civic efforts. I love that you were on a lot of boards. Hold on. Wait a minute, Matthew, are you on any boards? Am I on any boards? Yeah. I, okay, to be fair, like I have been on a board in the past, but no, I'm not on any boards, are I'm you? I'm not on any boards either. And I remember a particular point in like my late 20s when I had friends who were like in the business world and stuff who were like starting to join boards and talk about this like being important. And I thought sure. to myself, oh shit, I got to join a board. And here I am. I'm on I the am. board of directors of Spilled Milk. Here I am at age 44. I've still never been on a board. And I think I, I mean, I think it's wonderful if you can be on a board for an organization that is doing great work. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Now, if you're on the the board of an evil organization, (laughs) that's different. Unless you're trying to reform it from the inside. But all this to say, Matthew, I feel okay about having an adulthood where being on a board is not something I need to do for my advancement. Yeah. No, I've been on one board. It was the Seattle Pedestrian Advisory Board. I served as as chair of the board. That's fantastic. This was in my 20s. I got on it through a program designed to put people under 30 on uh, Seattle city boards. I don't know if that program still exists, but uh, great. No, I mean, I am pro board, um, but, but anti- <laughs> I'm pro surfboard, but, hang but, 10, baby. But anti needing to be on boards in order to be a functional adult. No. Yeah, I'm not into that. Where do you come down on second families? <laughs> or third, 
Well, I'm on my second marriage. That's so, true. Okay, but, so but pro. I, but I haven't had them concurrently. Okay. Well, yeah. you should try it. Yeah, okay. And report back next week. So what I was going to say is that my dad was a, an avid cook, but hot dogs were what he would make on the nights when it was just the two of us. And I think it's because the two of us really liked hot dogs. I mean, also my That's mom- That's a good reason. My mom was, it was very into diet culture when I was a kid. Uh, my dad was always into to pleasure in food. And so he and I would have hot dogs and we would either have them with baked beans, always Bush's baked beans, yes. doctored a bit- or he because because your father was a doctor. I probably was. made this joke every time you've said doctored baked beans. I'm sorry. God, no. But uh, you know what my father was. So not only I mean he has a whole bunch of credentials that have uh-huh. been bestowed on him by the show. But did you also know that he's the inventor of the hot dog omelet? I did not know that, and I'm not sure how where that. <laughs> Like whether that puts him like in good standing with all of his other like like venerable achievements with with all the boards that he was on. Right, right. Like yeah, Yeah. a lot a lot of boards that like then then he was like called before like a review board when they heard about (laughs) the hot dog omelet thing. Yeah, no. So what he would do is he would make this often for me if he and my mom were going out. For some reason, he always he often made me omelets for dinner as Mm -hmm. something if he and my mom were not going to be home for dinner and I was going to be with a baby. Oh, okay. Sure. So it was either a cheese omelet or a hot dog omelet. The hot dog omelet went like this. You take a hot dog, you cut it into coins. Sure. And that's your omelet filling. I loved this. It never occurred to me that this was something that could get you kicked off of a board. Um, (laughs) This, (laughs) I loved it. And I should also say that, you know, this was always, these hot dogs were always cooked indoors. Hot dogs were something we ate indoors and we ate them without a bun. They were always as like a part of a meal and you ate it. Always without a bun. Always without a bun. Knife and fork. Yes. This, well, okay. You wonder no how wonder I got you've never this been way, on Matthew. a board. You wonder how I got this way. <laughs> okay, okay. No, this is shocking. I can't believe I you know. didn't lead with that. Yeah, like you okay. tried to just like slide it like under the radar, but no. Well, because it was normal to me. Yeah, but like it, it, like hot dogs with buns were always eaten outside the home at a sure. place like a concession stand right. or something like that. But if we were having hot dogs for dinner, it was a knife and fork affair. Okay. So, yeah. So I remember like, you know, boiled hot dogs. Like I remember Ballpark Frank's brand was was popular. Plump when you cook them. I don't know. I, I'm sure we talked about this on Hot Dogs 1. Like why do they plump when you cook them? Probably don't want to know. Um, probably something involving like, uh, you know, those, those packing peanuts. Yeah. But then, so uh, one like hot dog moment for me was uh, was when we we went to New moved to New York in '98 and stayed there for a year while uh, Watzel was in grad school. That is when I learned about griddled hot dogs. So like you uh-huh. go to like like Gray's Papaya or Papaya King or Katz's Deli, and they've got like a bunch of hot dogs rolling around on the griddle and a little bit of oil and getting getting kind of crusty. And I was like, oh. I don't have a grill at home, but I have a pan and I could do that. And so like once we got back from New York, like that's how I started making my hot dogs at home. And I do to this day. Ah, okay. Um, That's so interesting because I know that I know that a lot of people just associate hot dogs with like grilling or like, let's take a pack of hot dogs to the like grill in the park or whatever. And let's let's just like take a pack (laughs) of hot dogs to the park and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe we'll start a second family. Hold on just a second. Have you ever eaten, like, as a kid, did you ever do something like just eat a hot dog, like, straight out of the package or? No, because no? I was so, so fearful of cold and room temperature food. Okay. 
<laughs> this is yeah. This is why it took me so long to get on a board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they asked a lot of questions about yeah. that. Okay, we should also talk about like what condiments did we like or do we like on hot dogs? Do you yeah. like? Con- I know you're very condiment phobic. So I don't like ketchup or mustard or mayonnaise. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I do. I like, and I actually I'm fine with like if it's a well made hot dog, like just a naked hot dog with a steamed or toasted bun. Like I'm very happy with that. But like my favorite hot dog topping, pickled jalapenos. Love it. Always keep them on hand. Always put them on a hot dog. I love the crunch. I've never had pickled jalapenos on a hot dog. So good. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, love sauerkraut. Don't usually have it on hand, but if I do, sauerkraut on a hot dog is great. Grilled onions, excellent. Hot sauce. That's kind of where I land. How about you? Oh, man, I keep it so basic. So as a kid, I didn't want any condiments on my hot dog, not even ketchup. Now I like yellow mustard. Yeah, that's wife of the show Lori's favorite, too. I want a good amount of yellow mustard, and I always keep yellow mustard around for literally only this purpose. Yeah. You know, if the other ingredients are around, I would be happy to have them. But if I'm making hot dogs at home, like let's say it's the 4th of July or it's just summer and I'm making a hot dog situation for dinner, it never occurs to me to gather up interesting things to put on a hot dog. It's For me, it's just ketchup and mustard. Yeah. That makes sense. So like during like lockdowns of 2020, 2021, we had hot dogs on hand like pretty often, usually Boar's Head brand with natural casing, which is my favorite, but like whatever we could get from QFC pickup. And so like Tots D, Teenager of the Show, December, and I would have hot dogs for lunch pretty often and and Lori often too. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I just remembered something. Yeah. I just remembered something. I hadn't thought about this in years. So when I was in my early 20s, like- newly in graduate school, I had a boyfriend who, um, he was doing Teach for America in the Mississippi Delta region. Okay. I was living in Seattle and I would go visit him. We would take turns visiting each other. And I remember we, on one of my visits to Mississippi, we were invited to a potluck in like the neighboring town of all the people who were doing Teach for America that season. Okay. As you can imagine, it was like a lot of young people, you know, early 20s, and the potluck was heavily vegan, and my boyfriend was vegan. And I remember there was a, um, like a a brownie pan, like an eight by eight or nine by nine square pan, had what looked like cornbread in it. But when you cut a slice of it, there were like, you know, hot dog coins in the cornbread. Oh, okay. And it was vegan. (laughs) It was vegan hot dogs. Vegan cornbread. Was this good? It was delicious. Okay. It was like somebody had taken a really good like vegan cornbread mix or something and veggie dogs, like tofu dogs or something. And like, I can't even say how delicious it was eating this cornbread with these hot dogs in it. It didn't even matter that it was vegan. I remember I asked for the recipe, Matthew. Nice. Do you, still, so do you still good. have the recipe? Can we put it, put it on the Reddit? I don't still have it. Okay. I don't still have it. But you know what? This makes me think like, I feel like there is a place in my heart for a pan of cornbread with cut up hot dogs in it. Yeah. I mean, doesn't I, that sound good? To it's be like honest, I don't dog. think you need a recipe for this. I think you find like a vegan cornbread mix that you like. Then you you find like a, or, a veggie dog that you like and you mix those together. I mean, I you know, I, I, I'm emphasizing the vegan thing because it's so weird that, that this was the vegan thing. Right. But the truth is, I mean, imagine making like a really good cornbread and taking your favorite hot dog and just folding it into the 
the finished batter and okay, baking it. Yeah, it's this, like a like a corn dog casserole. This yeah, is I would like to try this. This is where I should admit that I find hot dog coins sort of off putting. Like, <laughs> get it together, Matthew. <laughs> and I, I know why. It's because when I was a kid, I absolutely loved spaghettios with mini meatballs. Yeah, uh, but there's also spaghettios with sliced franks, and then yep. I found that to be like like a poor, you know, like the ugly, ugly uh, sibling of. <laughs> of uh, the mini meatballs one. And so I okay. think that that sort of like tarred the whole idea of uh, of <sighs> hot dog coins for me. But like, I need to get it together. Get it together. I need to, I need to get on Grow a board. Up. I need to get a second family <laughs> and I need to start eating hot dog coins <laughs> and start like, trying to use them as currency. Yes. It seems like this would be a good opportunity to introduce our guest. <laughs> <laughs> it sure would. Save us, Jamie Loftus. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Jamie Loftus is a comedian, writer, actor, and co-host of the excellent podcast, The Bechdel Cast. But most importantly, she drove around the country eating a lot of hot dogs and wrote a book that her publisher allowed her to call Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. (laughs) Jamie, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. You bet. So tell us a little bit about like the genesis of the road trip that became Raw Dog. Yeah. Well, the hot dogs had always been on my list of like, I have this Google Doc that I made when I started making um, investigative long form podcasts about all all sorts of stuff of like topics I could sit with for six plus months and be perfectly happy about it. And hot dogs were always at the top of that list. But I never, um, because of the timing of of when I was making those shows, I knew that a good hot dog project would involve travel, and it was not possible to travel at that time. Right. Um, So it worked out that hot dog research worked far better as a book than as a podcast because there hadn't been travel books that had been released in a couple years for the expected reasons. Right. And yeah, it just felt like kind of the, the right format for what I wanted to do. And I got really lucky and met a wonderful editor who was almost delusionally supportive of my (laughs) hot dog quest. Um, But the the reason I wanted to do it was because there was really not a, I mean, there's been a little bit written about hot dogs over the years, some of which has really been helpful for me and my research, but there wasn't a book that expressed love and the cultural significance of hot dogs, but also acknowledged that there are extremely unsafe and horrible labor practices and sort of all the 
the history that comes with it that is not uh, appetizing. So that was why sure. I wanted to take the trip and, and see what was going on in hot dog world. Yeah, that was something that we both really liked about the book, that you you didn't shy away from the dark side of hot dogs, not just in terms of like factory farming is the obvious thing, mm -hmm. but really also about, uh, you know, incredibly brutal labor practices uh, in the meatpacking industry yeah. and also racism in, co in competitive eating, which was something that I felt like I should have known more about this. I knew nothing about it. Yeah. The people need to know. <laughs> did you did you get any pushback from your publisher on, on like, you know, going that deep on these issues? No, I, I felt really, really lucky that they they were very supportive of, of what I wanted to do there. And I mean, it was a tricky legal read. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that that's kind of what I was wondering. In, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, in the original drafts of this book, I came down, I think, way harsher language wise in ways that I would still feel comfortable doing in conversation. Sure. But as far as the book goes, yeah, it was an interesting legal read um, because you can, I don't know, like I, I talked about this with other people I know who've written books and it's like, you can't just call someone racist. You have to say they have made racially charged comments and just like <sighs> yeah. stuff that is, you know, very mm. self-preserving beating around the bush in a way that I mm -hmm. wish were not necessary. But, but even so, I am glad that like I didn't receive any pushback about like, you can't say that at all. It's like, right. we, we need to find the way that you can say that that will not end in your bankruptcy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, just to to go back to sort of um, the the eating side of hot dogs, we always start our show with uh, a memory lane segment, which is what you can imagine it is, where we talk about our, our sort of personal history with the food at hand. Mm -hmm. And so I wondered, what kind of hot dogs did you grow up eating? What, what are maybe, what's a seminal memory you have about hot dogs from being a kid? So my seminal hot dog memories were definitely with my dad in New England. Um, we did the classic New England poor people hot dog boil. Um, yep. We could have mm. grilled it. I just am like, why? But I grew up on uh, boiled hot dogs uh, made by my dad. He traveled a lot for work. So if we were eating hot dogs, it meant he was here. And it was like always really special. So yeah, I think like grilled hot dogs at family barbecues. But if it's like a Tuesday, my dad does not know how to cook, but he does know how to drop meat tubes in hot water. And so, you know, <laughs> Jamie, that's so interesting. So I grew up in Oklahoma and mm -hmm. hot dogs were, I mean, I imagine maybe this is the case for a lot of people, but hot dogs were what my dad cooked. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that a lot. Even though my dad was an incredible cook and a really like, like didn't shy away from difficult recipes. Nice. But that said, he always boiled our hot dogs. What is that? Yeah. We, I, I grew up with boiled hot dogs also. Why? It never occurred to me that there was another way. True. I mean, and, and meanwhile, it like it is not I feel like it's been positioned to me as a class issue. But I'm like, no, you can pan fry it. You can use the yes, small exactly. grill. Like it is accessible for everyone to make a hot dog that is not boiled. But <laughs> though, as my dad tells it, he's like, well, there wasn't another way. I was like, well, no, dad, we had a pan. <laughs> Like yes. we did. But anyways, I have gotten some pushback from boiled hot dog heads. Some people still love a boiled hot dog to this day. That is sure. totally fine with me. When I'm eating hot dogs on stage, I do boil them in advance because I use a lot of hot dogs on stage and it's more effective. And like, I still, I still love a boiled hot dog. <laughs> Can, can, oh, we, can we like, uh, yeah, pause, we, like we have to pause take there a little a detour right here? Yeah. Okay. So 
Why do you eat? Can you contextualize <laughs> yeah, eating hot dogs yeah. on stage? Yes, I, I would be. Thank you so much for asking. Um, I, uh, when I was writing this book, I, I've done a number of like one person shows in the past and taken them on tour and stuff. I really missed performing during lockdown where no one could perform for a year and a half. And yeah. so I really wanted to get back out on stage and, and work on another show. But I also had like this book deadline looming over my head. Great problem to have. And I attempted to solve it by writing a one-person show about being Joey Chestnut's wife. Um, (laughs) So that show, I've done it like five or six times in a couple different cities in the last year or so. Um, But it requires a lot of hot dogs. It requires, I'd like boil about 30 hot dogs for for the show and if you're doing that that's about you know whatever that's four pots full of hot dogs so it's easier to do that than than the grilling situation all right so how many of those do you get through during the show oh i only get through about eight um okay yeah and then i distribute the rest to the audience um (laughs) okay so not a hot dog goes to waste if i can do anything about it has joey chestnut seen the show no okay and i guess uh, yeah i think he chooses to pretend i don't exist okay fair. and yeah i mean if i were him i would probably pretend i don't exist because i'm very annoying towards him and <laughs> yeah but like i mean wouldn't you be so curious like of course, put on, I mean, put on would, like a disguise and just like sit in the background i would die for him i know well I, yeah I, i'm curious if he's curious right. um but we're kind of just playing this game i made up <laughs> where we're secretly in love and you know right. we'll just figure it out at some point <laughs> okay i hold on i want to ask about the road trip okay yeah. so um are there a couple of like memorable dogs either good or bad that you tried during the road trip yeah, so I, I kind of cut the, the bad hot dogs out of the book because okay. the last thing I want to do is like bully a small business because I didn't like their hot dog. There were sure. bad hot dogs. Bad hot dogs only appear in the book if I dislike the hot dog stands politics, right. which is my business. But yeah, the, the good hot dogs that I encountered on the trip, there's a lot and, and there's so many good regional makes. I love in Southern California, the uh, danger dogs like outside Dodger Stadium always buy from the independent vendors. They're bacon wraps. Yes. They're so, so good. I love the Sonoran dogs over in Arizona, um, which are from like the Mexican tradition. So are danger dogs, but they're different. Um, and the Sonoran dog has this amazing like banana boat kind of bun where it's like an uh, an all surrounding bun, which sounds gross, but it's really good. Okay. Um, and then over in the East, I, I mean, there's, and, and I will be persecuted for this, the South, it it's not their specialty and that's okay. Sure. Um, they have a lot of other specialties. Yeah. Right. They're so good at so many foods. It just, in my opinion, hot dogs. And, and I didn't get to spend as much time in the South as I would have liked because we were traveling in summer 2021 where there were a lot of uh, tropical storms. Um, so we had to reroute around. So I do want to get back to New Orleans, but on the East coast, I really like, I mean, there's like, you get into the chili dog zone, You've got Ben's mm-hmm. Chili Bowl in D.C. You've got the bologna wraps in uh, Baltimore. And then you've got my favorite East Coast hot dog. I think everybody's favorite East Coast hot dog among hot doggers is Rhett's Hut in Clifton, New Jersey, which is like just a little bit fried, like just a hot dog dropped into a fryer for like 
five seconds and it's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. I've not been there. That part made me so hungry. It's so good. Wait, I have a question. Yes. So I've heard you mention hot dog heads and hot doggers. <laughs> Is there a preferred term for people who are like like a hot dog aficionados? The official term is hot doggers. Okay. I personally just like to add heads to the end of anything, something someone is Sorry. a fan of. Yeah. It's easier for me. But yeah, no, I, I, there is like one place that I also really loved in uh, Roanoke that when I, I, I don't know, I like thought I was being Mrs. Special and I was like, I'm writing a book about hot dogs and like, I'm trying the hot dog. And he's like, oh, you're one of those hot doggers. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> And he wasn't wrong. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, so like boiling has got to be the worst way to cook a hot dog. If you could only pick one, what's, what's the best way to cook a hot dog? Oh, I think a grill is, is the okay. way to go. And I, yeah, when we were making the audiobook, I got to expense like a little $25 George Foreman grill and get some good sounds. Like you don't <gasps> need a fancy grill yes. and you can also pan fry them. Yeah. Any, any sort of like pan pan searing and uh, grill I feel like is the way to go so did okay. they did okay. they like tell you to make hot dog grilling sounds when you when you recorded the audiobook no I was like here's what I'm going to do smart because uh, <laughs> it's fun it's like when you're coming out of podcasts like audiobooks are um, kind of dry and sterile in the way that they sound and I was like right. can we add a sizzle and like will that <laughs> drive someone listening to it on 1.5 out of their mind? I don't know. So we'll find out. <laughs> sure. How about the bun? Toasted bun, untoasted bun? Like what kind of bun do you go for? I'm interested to get into the discourse with people because I'm receiving more pushback to my bun takes than anticipated. Some people okay. like a raw bun. They like a Wonder Bread shaken out of the bag. I think that it's necessary for infrastructural purposes to toast mm. the bun just a little bit. Steaming it is okay. Not my preference. It's a little wet. Uh, yep. I just don't like when the bun is wet. I like when it's a little toasty. Okay. Is there ever a time when it's okay to not have a bun? Like, do you ever oh. eat a hot dog without a bun? Um, yes, but then I feel like you're slowly exiting hot dog zone. It has to be surrounded by <laughs> something ready. Okay, okay. So it's a sandwich, basically. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do, wait a minute. Oh, God, I'm heading off in a sporkful direction. <laughs> we can't We can't get into our podcast will be crushed by, like, is the hot dog a sandwich, people? It is. Okay. Like, it is. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I want to ask you what you think about the Seattle dog, Ooh. which I believe you tried in the course of in the course of researching the book. I liked the Seattle dog quite a bit. I understand that it's not going to be for everyone. So the thing that makes it different is that there is a cream cheese component, which originally I was like, mm, that sounds like it could be a little bit nasty. But famously, cream cheese on toasted bread is very good. Yeah, who knew? People love that. And it's just putting like it. It is. It does. There is sort of a feeling of like a deconstructed bagel because you have yes. like the hot cream cheese that almost feels like mayonnaise and the consistency it has. It's not like chunky on the toasted bun, and then you just have meat on top of it, and you're like, mm, 
you know, it's a it's a meaty bagel sandwich, sort of. And and grilled onions usually. And grilled too, onions, yeah. Which are great. Wait a minute, I thought sriracha was an essential part of a Seattle dog. It's it's definitely recommended. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be there as an option. Oh, but it okay. still feels okay. like breakfast I, I it feels like it has all of the elements of a breakfast sandwich. Um it's just totally. like you have to get That's through the really good contextual point. confusion in your head. Molly, have you had a Seattle dog? I have had a taste of somebody else's Seattle dog. <laughs> that counts. Uh, one night, like this, God, this was years ago after going to a show at Numo's. There's like always a hot dog cart that's like around that street corner. Mm-hmm. But I, that was my first time, of course, and my only time encountering the Seattle dog. But I was introduced to it as cream cheese and sriracha. Sure. I haven't found that sriracha was like an absolute necessity, but I, but they like gave it to me with the dog. And it was kind of like, I love when people give you their hot dog and they like give you certain condiments or they don't give you certain condiments. And then they like look at you and it's a test. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'm going to put on what you've put in <laughs> front of me. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to be blacklisted here. Mm. Okay, so I have a I have a like story and embarrassing admission involving the Seattle dog, Ooh. which is that I had never tried one until Friday. And I was like, okay, like we're gonna have like a real hot dog head on our show. Like I cannot go into this having never tried a Seattle dog. So uh, Friday night, I went out. Uh, I, I really know how to rage, so I went out to the <laughs> Seattle Symphony to see Brahms meets Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Yes, that rocks. <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Wow. The, the, the okay. conductor, the conductor was like a young, a young guy who wore like a silk t-shirt and black jeans. So you knew he was a cool conductor. Uh, <laughs> it's like a youth pastor it, vibe. To conducting. It was yes. a thousand percent oh a youth pastor God. vibe. Look, it's yes. not against the law. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then afterwards, it's like, it was like 10 PM, which is as, as Molly knows is late for me. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I got to go get my Seattle dog now. So I went to, I pulled up Google maps and uh, I found okay there's uh, there's a uh, hot dog stand in a in a uh, gas station parking lot near me that uh, oh, called nice. Hawk Dogs yeah so I'm like this this bodes well it was called Hawk Dogs the description on Google Maps said hot dogs made from actual hawks so <laughs> someone was having fun on Google Maps which I appreciate um <laughs> And uh, I got the Seattle dog. They toasted the outside, but not the inside of the bun, which huh. I thought was an odd choice. Um, yeah. But they, they did split and grill the dog, which I think is, oh, is great. So good. Um, and the cream cheese was like Philadelphia from a tub. I really liked it. Like I've, I am little, a little bit cream cheese and creamy condiment phobic. I'm not sure if it would be my top pick next time, but I certainly ate the whole thing and I enjoyed it. That's beautiful. There's nothing embarrassing about anything you just said. Yeah, and you've got Thank it you. in a gas station parking lot. That's good hot dog praxis. Yeah, it it felt perfect and ate it like on on the walk home, which I feel like for me is kind of the best. Like like walking down the street feels like the best way to eat a hot dog. Like what what's your favorite context for eating a hot dog? Oh, I I feel like it's pretty close to what you're describing. I mean, it's like family barbecue, kind of hard to beat. Sure, that's always going to feel good. But in terms of like a solo hot dog, that's another thing I love about hot dogs. They're enjoyed in a group, but it's also doesn't feel like weird or sad when you eat it by yourself. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. I really love a post event hot dog. I went to um, one of my favorite. Uh, like hot spots for hot dogs in Los Angeles is like outside the Staples Center. I refuse to call it by the new name. There's like a bunch of independent vendors that sell uh, danger dogs and it's so good. And I had just seen a professional wrestling event. I was like so juiced. And then I was like, yeah, I'm like, and I didn't buy, there were hot dogs inside. I'm like, no, Jamie, just wait it out. There's better hot dogs waiting for you. So I was hungry. I was excited. And then I got 
the danger dog and it was like huge and delicious. And I like walked a mile before I got oh. on the bus because I was like, this, yes. is, this is everything. It was just very, it, yeah, it was electric. I love it. God, that sounds good. That Did the professional wrestling event involve Radiohead in any way? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't put it past the WWE. I wouldn't put anything past them. <laughs> Cold Cabana v. Radiohead. I mean, strange things I don't know what that would be, occurred. but I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamie, is there anything that we didn't mention that you would like to plug or anything else? You want our listeners to know. Where where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. You can find me online uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help and Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Um, Both embarrassing in different ways. And yeah, you should get the book. It's called Raw Dog. You can get it on May 23rd. There's also an audio book if you prefer the grilling sounds experience. And I'm, yeah, and you can listen to my podcast anywhere they're all over the place listen to the Bechtel cast you should check my link tree that's what it's yes. called to see mm-hmm. if I, I'm going on a nine city tour to promote the book so hope to see you there if you uh, live in the area all uh, right Jamie thank you so much and congratulations on the book this is a delight thank you so much for having me I love talking hot dogs well that was awesome I hope we that can have great. Jamie back on sometime to talk yeah. about literally anything God she's fantastic <sighs> all right well I think we're I think we're done with hot dogs let's yeah. talk about segments and I don't I don't mean hot dog slices or coins <laughs> segments of our no, show. hot dogs like a good hot dog is segmented like an earthworm <laughs> um, let's ask uh, producer Abby to make a note that we need to do we need to record hot dogs three in uh, 2034 okay <laughs> With Great. with whatever whatever comedian has written a hot dog book at that okay. time. Or we'll Perfect. get Jamie back on. Okay. Matthew, we've got some spilled mail. Oh, we sure do. All right. So this is from listener LD. That's initial L, initial D. Hi, Molly and Matthew. I love the show so much. We've got a great parasocial thing going on, as I'm sure you both know. Of course. What, what does that mean? Oh, Do para, we know this para, person? No, that's that's the point. A parasocial relationship is when you feel like you're friends with the with your favorite podcasters, but actually they don't know who you are. Oh, I have a lot of those. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Okay, back to listener LD. I'd love to hear your thoughts on some social media food trends. Recent ones that come to mind are, here I'm going to list them off. Okay. The pink sauce and subsequent <laughs> pink sauce dupes. Baked pasta with a hunk of feta or cream cheese in the center of the baking dish. Butter boards and joke boards, in parentheses, oatmeal, mayo, mashed potatoes. Chipotle and Starbucks hacks. Borgs, that's B-O-R-G, all capitalized. Uh (laughs) And most recently, put a container of cottage cheese and garlic salt in a food processor and make it a more socially acceptable dip. (laughs) I would love your hot takes on any of these. And if TikTok food fads is something that either of you keep tabs on, maybe it could even be an occasional segment. Wow, my voice did something crazy there. (laughs) No, I liked it. Thank you for indulging me. Loyal listener, LD. Well, LD, you have come to the right place because no one is more tuned into the latest TikTok trends than Molly and Matthew. I have only heard of one of these things. Also one for me, and I bet it's the same one. (laughs) 
Yep. I have heard of the baked feta pasta. <laughs> yes, me too. And I've made it. I have it's no so fucking good. idea what any of these other things are, but <laughs> boy, know. do I have opinions about them. Let's go one by one. Okay. The pink sauce. So I love <laughs> pink sauce. Um, I'm here to say that if Dino's Tomato Pie in Seattle still has a pink sauce pizza called the Mr. Pink, uh, it, it's my favorite. Is that like uh, a creamy tomato sauce? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I can't remember if it has vodka in it. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, I love a pink sauce. Yeah, both of us are big. Are big uh, like uh, pasta with vodka sauce fans. I think mm. with like mm-hmm. a tomato vodka and cream sauce, really good. So uh, if that's what this is, we like it. And if that isn't <laughs> what this is, we don't like it. Okay. All right. How about baked pasta with a hunk of feta or cream cheese in the center of the baking dish? I've seen a video of this. I haven't tried it. How about you? Oh, every summer. So I always grow cherry tomatoes and sun golds in the summer. So much cheaper than buying them. And, you know, you wind up with like at a certain point, you wind up with a huge glut of tomatoes. Sure. And I make this baked pasta, uh, the baked feta pasta with my homegrown cherry tomatoes multiple times every summer. It is fantastic. Fantastic. Never heard of the cream cheese version. Yeah. So now LD did not ask about a, a TikTok food trend that I actually have made a few times, which is the uh the TikTok ramen with like chilies and soy sauce and sugar and an egg and oh something else that I can't remember. It's sort of like Indonesian style flavors. That's really good. And and instant mm. ramen. Okay, what's this? Butterboards and joke boards. Oatmeal, mayo, mashed potatoes. This is, I mean, it's so timely because we were just talking about <sighs> boards. Like, would you would you prefer to serve on a butterboard or a joke board? Oh, butterboard. <laughs> I think I would go joke board. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> like, I think I think if I served on the joke board, like uh, a lot of people would point out that I'm not as funny as I think I am. But that, I can I can handle it. I think it. if I served on the butter board, I could really d- do a lot to bring butter to the masses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Have you heard of this stuff? Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. What about Chipotle and Starbucks hacks? Okay. I mean, I understand what the concept is here, but I don't know what any of the specific hacks are. Like, I assume it's like you go into Starbucks and you're like, give me like, you know, extra pumps of this. Give me all your loving, all your hugs and kisses too? Yeah, but in in pump form. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like Chipotle hacks, I guess like, I don't know what a Chipotle, I like, I'm familiar with the menu at Chipotle, so I'm not really sure what the hack would be. Yeah, I I don't know. I, okay. I do like I do I do go to both of these places and and next time okay so next time I mean I guess what we're saying when you say Chipotle and Starbucks hacks is like ways to annoy the hardworking people at at Chipotle and Starbucks and make them do extra work for you so. I'm going to go thumbs down. Okay, uh, what about Borgs? And and maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's B O R G. Well, no, <laughs> it's okay. Um. I'm going to assume it's probably not talking about Brahms, the the Midwestern chain that we both love. Mm-hmm. Um, so Borgs, I'm guessing it is the cuisine of the Borg from Star Trek, right? Huh. Just go with me on this. Yes. Yes, it is. That's right. I haven't watched and, and much Star do, Trek either. What do they or uh, it eat? Okay. Well, I mean, they're like a hive mind. So, so I'm going to say a honey. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cooking for like a large group involving a lot of honey and everyone gets really sticky <laughs> and I'm in favor. Oh, that sounds so fun. What, what about you? Thumbs up or thumbs down on the stick, no, on the sticky, up. sticky honey organization. Thumbs up. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Uh, one okay, more. Okay, now. Okay. Uh, put a con- <laughs> I like how this one's phrased. Put a container of cottage cheese and garlic salt in a food processor and make it a more socially acceptable dip. You know what? I'm going to go thumbs up on that. Okay, well, I've never I, do, had I have it. two questions I'm about go this. Thumbs up. Okay. Do you put? Do you like take the cottage cheese out of the container, or do you just put the whole plastic <laughs> container in the food God, processor? That is such a dad joke. Yeah. Um, what's a socially unacceptable dip? Is my other oh, question. I'll tell you what. Okay. A uh, big kiddie pool full of honey. <laughs> That's a socially unacceptable dip. Uh, unless you're a Borg. <laughs> okay, so now, listener What's a socially unacceptable dip for you? Uh, like socially unacceptable. No, that's totally that's acceptable. Socially. We did that. Oh, um, that's right. We did that. I I don't I don't feel like we should dip shame. I think I think like any okay. dip you like, as long as it isn't hurting anybody, is socially acceptable. Great. Um, how, okay, so listener LD, <laughs> we are not going to keep up on trends, but anytime you want to write in with some with like a list of new TikTok food trends, we want to weigh in on them again. Yeah, we will let you know. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had in quite a while. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, listener LD, Matthew. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about your now, but wow, this week. This can be a joint now, but wow, because okay. I know you read okay. it too and are okay. and are equally a fan of Brian Washington, past guest on the show, uh, mm-hmm. author of the wonderful novel Memorial, and, uh, and he's got an upcoming novel called Family Meal that I'm very excited mm-hmm. about. He's also a regular columnist for the New York Times. Yes. His uh, recent column in the New York Times uh, is called The Particular Magic of Chicken, Egg, and Rice, and it is about the Japanese dish Oyakodon, uh, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites too. I just want to read an excerpt from this because this will make clear like why Brian is one of our favorite writers. Great. There's a sort of holiness in Dombury's simplicity, which is endless, permeable, and variable. With its smoking eels just slightly grilled and settled over rice, every bowl of unadon I've eaten at Kuruman Market in Osaka, tanked in the mornings after cartwheeling with the gaze through the city's Doyama district, has been the closest I've found myself to divinity. And no matter how sleepy or hungover or hangry it found me, each bowl of tendon that I've scarfed, standing cross-legged in a, in a train station, has just been ethereal enough to carry me to wherever I'm going. Even just watching the glistening bowls of animated katsudon, fried pork loin simmered in eggs, in animated episodes of Yuri on Ice, is cause enough to wonder what I sacrificed in a past life to warrant such decadence in this one. Ah. Uh. Brian just, Washington. Yeah, this this column is just pure joy. Like I recognize so much of so much of myself in it, and it's just beautiful writing. Oh, uh, Matthew, actually, so I did all my my grocery shopping for the week yesterday, and I am going to make his recipe for Oyakodon Excellent. this week. Uh, the yeah. thing I found about making Oyakodon is that kind of like, not not to the same extent, but kind of like we've talked about with Pod Thai, like it is a thing you will get better and better at the more you make. Okay. And like, it's okay if your first one it like is little over or undercooked or looks funny or something, it'll still be tasty. Okay, cool. All right. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella. Uh, Molly's got a newsletter called I've Got a Feeling that you can find at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my music is now on Bandcamp. I don't, there isn't anything. Actually, you know what? By the time you hear this, it's possible that our Robin cover might be available, in which case oh. it will be on Bandcamp. Oh, Matthew has yes. been sending me uh, snippets of himself singing Robin, and it is so good. 
Oh my God, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Thank you. Okay, so that along <laughs> that possibly that and definitely our EP uh, departures is at earlytotheairport.bandcamp.com or wherever you stream music. You can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. Oh, can I say one more thing that I've really yes. been enjoying lately? I have gotten obsessed with this uh, with a new Reddit. It's not it's not new. It's just new to me called what's this bird.reddit.com where people post a picture of a bird they've seen and then a bird expert instantly will say what kind of bird it is and it is so delightful. Oh my <laughs> god. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, and until next time, thank you for listening listening to spilled milk you can you can be on our borg of directors (laughs) (laughs) awful and i like it okay good i'm molly weisenberg (laughs) and i'm matthew amster burton this episode oh whoops (laughs) (laughs) it's brought to you by the concept of hot dogs okay i am uh, no Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.